Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Russ and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today we're going to look into the disappearance of Delisha Wadi. Delisha Wadi is a 29-year-old African-American female missing from Doswell, Virginia. Delisha is described as being loving and highly loved. Her sister described her as the sweetest person who just wanted to help people. She has a twin sister and parents who are still wondering where their loved one is. On the day that she went missing, Delisha actually spent that morning with her twin sister. They met up and they talked about future plans. Her sister was pregnant at the time and they talked about how Delisha was going to be in the delivery room with her when she gave birth. After meeting with her sister, for reasons unknown, she drove to a campsite miles away from where she lived. And this would be the last verified place that she would be seen. Now, Delisha, she disappeared from King's Dominion Camp Wilderness Campground in the 1000 block of King's Dominion Boulevard in Doswell, Virginia. This was around 11.30 a.m. on March 9th, 2017. It appears that Delisha went to the campgrounds to try to get a spot, but was unable to get one. The next morning, her silver Ford Explorer was found still near the campground. The car was in working order and had gas in the tank, but the vehicle appeared abandoned. Now, Delisha's family, they reported her missing on March 10th, and the police pretty much began searching for her right away. They searched the campgrounds in the nearby area that very same day. They used helicopters, boats, dogs, and ATV. Searches were conducted and police were able to ping Delisha's cell phone and was able to find it along with a few other items scattered about behind Metal Event Park. Among these items were her purse, her wallet, her driver's license, and some other belongings. These weren't too far away from her vehicle. Now, again, police, they spent about 10 hours climbing through woods and waterways around the Metal Event Park area, and nothing more was found. They did eventually bring search dogs in, and they were actually able to track Delisha's scent to a nearby neighborhood. And some reports say to a very specific home, but other reports just note that it was just a specific neighborhood. While they were in this area, they knocked on doors and they asked residents if they had seen her, if they had any clues or tips, but... Nothing came up. Now, searches were called off when witnesses claimed to have seen Delisha walking in a field off of Route 30 in Caroline County, Virginia. She was then sighted again on March 12th by an acquaintance on Vendale Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. The acquaintance claims they didn't know she was actually missing at the time when they stopped to talk to her, but it's reported that they didn't notice her in a state of distress or anything like that. But the thing is, where this sighting took place is about 25, 30 miles away from the campground she was last seen at, where her car was abandoned. The last post she left on Facebook states, it's never too late to do the right thing. Don't get discouraged. Speaking to myself also. 
Now, no one is sure if this message was related to her disappearance, but due to these sightings, police decided that it did not seem like she was in danger. But here's the thing, her family has yet to hear from her. A quote from the sheriff's office on WRIC.com, a local news station, goes, There was another sighting of her at approximately 3 p.m. Thursday in Caroline County where she was not in danger. She did not need any assistance and she did not ask for any assistance. There are two credible witnesses that describe her characteristics, describe her clothing, and they were also able to put the video camera on their phone, an image of an individual who we believe is our missing individual. And just like that, the investigation stopped. Now, she's still reported as a missing person, but all investigation and searches and efforts into finding her have gone cold. And it's been a little over five years. Delisha has no history of disappearing and going no contact. She has not touched any of the money in her accounts or been active on social media. Delisha's mother has held press conferences asking for Delisha's safe return home. But again, the family has not heard anything. There is a Facebook page dedicated to finding Delisha. The page seems to be active in missing persons cases in the Virginia area in general. In fact, I actually saw a post from a story I recently covered, which is the disappearance of Natty Perez. And they actually have posts about Natty on there as well. In a post on the page from April 6, 2017, the poster states that the last eyewitness to see Delisha states that she actually was a bit disoriented. And... This is odd because this is actually different than what the news reports state. All the news sources I have came across stated that the acquaintance that I saw her, talked to her, and she seemed fine, so they didn't think anything of it. But on the Facebook page dedicated to finding Delisha, it said in multiple posts that no, in fact, the last person that saw her did believe she was in a state of distress, which kind of lines up with the other reported sightings of Miss Wadi. As stated earlier, the other reported sightings had videotape of Miss Wadi walking around. Well, you might ask, okay, why did these random people decide to videotape her? Well, according to sources, they videotaped Miss Wadi because they thought it was bizarre that she was walking around on this busy roadway without any shoes on. They thought the whole thing was bizarre and the woman walking was bizarre, which would line up with what was reported on Facebook that she was, in fact, disoriented when the last witness saw her. And we have to keep in mind that Delisha, she had a car. She had keys, the car was working, the car had gas in it. Yet she left her car there, her perfectly fine working car, and was seen walking on the road barefoot, walking on a very rough road barefoot. And she somehow ended up 30 miles away. And another thing the Facebook page goes on to say is that more than just her shoes were missing. They suggest that she was also missing other items of clothing, but they aren't really specific about what other items of clothing she was missing. Now, in the beginning of this investigation, it looks like the family had a good working relationship with the police. The police were out looking for Delisha almost immediately when she was reported missing. They spent over 10 hours searching the area she was last seen by and where her car was found. 
Now, under that April 6, 2017 Facebook post, the page administrator comments, and I quote, we're working closely with law enforcement and following and sharing every lead. Fortunately, part of the great network of organizations that are feeding us info from around the country on bus, fines, and hotspots, I cannot overstate the thoroughness and dedication we've seen from law enforcement on this. We've worked with several jurisdictions over the years, and I can tell you that they're doing everything they can and have been fantastic towards us. So at one point in time, it does seem like there was a good working relationship with law enforcement. But over the years, there seems to have been some type of disconnect. There is no full out animosity. But on the Facebook page, you'll see a lot of people calling for the police department to do more, calling for the police department to open back up investigations to start actively searching again. The biggest issue that you'll see people on the page talking about is that the police shut down the investigations far too soon. It is stated that because there were sightings of Delisha, police shut down their search for her. Despite the fact that her items are found in disarray and she was found walking barefoot on the side of the road and she has still yet to be heard from family or friends since that March 9th, 2017 day. And while on the police's side, they believe that they no longer have to search because she has been spotted and cited and they believe that these were genuine sightings and that she's an adult and is allowed to disappear of her own free will. Her family and loved ones side is she obviously is not well and obviously is not okay. She left in disarray. She left with her items scattered all over the place, no shoes on, walking barefoot along a very busy roadway and somehow ended up 30 miles away. And again, they say that the word that they got is that, no, she was disoriented. She was not acting herself and she was actually missing more than just her shoes. It looked like she was missing other items of clothing as well. And they believe that because of these reasons, the police should have never stopped searching. They believe that something is obviously going wrong with Delisha and that this case should have been treated as a missing person under mysterious circumstances and not one who has disappeared voluntarily. Now, going back to that Facebook page, there are some speculations made on this page that suggest that just before Delisha went missing, Certain public officials have been visiting her job quite frequently. Now, this poster suggests that there was some unflattering information related to these visits, but it's not entirely clear what they're trying to imply. Public officials, I don't necessarily know what they mean by that. I don't know if they mean politicians, they mean police officers. It's very vague. And the same thing with unflattering information. No more hints or details are kind of given to even help you come up with a good hypothesis about what is being suggested here. I don't know what Delisha did for a living. I don't know what her job was, and I could not find the information. If her job was working as an accountant, and they're suggesting that public officials was visiting her frequently, there's unflattering information, quote unquote, well, then... That will lead one to believe, oh, is there some laundering going on? Is there some dirty money action happening? But if her job is something different, let's say she worked as a stripper, 
that would change the narrative of, okay, they're revisiting her jobs frequently, I'm flattered information, you know, are they married? Were they not supposed to be at a strip club? What was going on there? It just completely changes that scenario. Even with them saying, quote unquote, unflattering information, that's extremely vague. (laughs) And I don't really know what to make of it. And it's never really fleshed out or brought up again. But they seem to be implying that there may be more to this story than the general public knows. But without any further information, I can't really dig into that. It was a comment made, and I don't know if it's a comment that should be given any serious thought to or not. But either way, that's all the information we really have on this case. The case has been at a standstill pretty much since three or four days after Alicia went missing. And yet here we are, and no one has heard from her. No one has seen her. No one knows where Delisha is, still. Now, I will say I went to Delisha's Facebook page and just kind of scrolled through her page to get a feel of her. She actually posts very, very frequently, especially months leading up to her disappearance. The actual day that she disappeared, the knife, she actually made a lot of posts and reposts. Her actual very last post, unwritten by her, is a picture that says, when God steps in, miracles happen. Additional things that she posted the same day she went missing was a picture that stated, never be ashamed of what you've been through. God will use your story for his glory. And again, she made a lot of posts this day. She made a lot of posts the day before and the day before that. And pretty much every day she was posting a lot of things. She had reposted a picture that had a person holding a stack of money. And that was the whole picture. But above it, she commented, it's not worth everything, seemingly talking about the money. And again, there's lots of posts. Most of them are pictures with quotes about being brave, not being ashamed of your story and God using your story, asking God for help and things such as that. And as an outsider looking in, you could look at that and wonder, okay, is she giving us hints? Was she going through something hard? Was she battling something? But here's the thing. I don't know her personality, so I can't say for sure. I went back a couple months and those type of posts seem to be pretty consistent and regular for her. So for all we know, that was just her personality. She might have just posted those things as encouragement to others. It might not have been a change at all from what she normally posts. But when you surf around a couple different crime forums, you will see people mentioning her posts and wondering if these posts were giving clues to her state of mind. And that might be. But the fact of the matter is, I went through a couple months of her posts and a lot of them seem to have those same type of things. So, yes, she could have been going through something, but also it could just be how she posts. Now, late in 2020, her family, her sister and her cousin went on The Maury Show. Maury had a segment where he detailed information from the case, let the family speak, and he also had a psychic come on. I appreciate Maury's segment, especially compared to some of the other talk show type of hosts that have these segments, because as you guys know, there are certain shows that whenever I see people go on there, I'm always like, 
Why would you do that to yourself? Because it's less about getting the information out and more about manufacturing trauma. But Omori Show, surprisingly, he did not do this. He actually took this very seriously. He went over the story, got the information, let the family speak. And he brought a psychic on. And the psychic really didn't give much information. He basically said that there was people who had information and knew, but everybody was keeping their mouth shut and that he did not believe anybody would come out at this time to give any information. The advice that he gave them is to keep pushing her story, keep putting the word out there, and that eventually they will get answers. He just did not see it happening at that time. Now, that's really all the information I have on this case. But before we get into theories, I want to talk about some of the questions I have. First question I have is, who scattered her belongings at the park grounds? Her car was found. Her car was working. It was there. Her wallet was there, her purse were there, her ID, all those things were found. And it's believed that she was seen and cited by at least three people. So who scattered those belongings? Was it her? Did she do it in a fit of rage and before her decided to just walk off? Did somebody else do it? And that's why she walked off or ran off. And maybe that's why she didn't have any shoes. We don't really know. And I don't really know if this question was ever really looked into, but I could not find an answer to this anywhere or any sources even really digging into that. The next question I have is, did the people at the fairgrounds notice any odd behaviors? Because, I mean, this is the last 100% authentic, we know for a fact, interaction that she had. She went to the campground. She was trying to negotiate a fee so she can reserve a spot. She was unsuccessful in getting a spot. And then she walked away. But did anybody talk to the people there? And did they report her acting weird? Why couldn't she reserve a spot there? Was it simply because they were all booked up and they had no more spots? Or was it something more? Was she acting odd? Was she acting bizarre? And they decided, eh, It does not seem like it's a good idea to let her stay on the campgrounds. Either way, it's not really mentioned. It's not mentioned even why she was unable to get a spot there, which is what she came to do. And then going back to one of the big blaring questions, why was she barefoot? She was not barefoot when she was on the campgrounds. When she saw her sister that morning, when she drove up there, when she went to talk to them, there's video footage of her on the campgrounds and she clearly has shoes on. So at what point did she become barefoot and why? Now, let's get into some of the theories. The first theory that you'll hear when it comes to this case is that Delisha left to start a new life. Now... Yes, this theory can pop up for a boatload of reasons. The police seem to think that this is what happened. And you also have her being spotted by at least three different witnesses. But there's also another reason why people believe she may have ran away and started a new life. So a year after Delisha went missing in 2018, a woman by the name of Sana Sherman went missing. She also went missing along the I-95 corridor, like Delisha. Now, like Delisha, when Ms. Sherman went missing, she left behind a lot of her items as well. In fact, she was staying in a motel and she had left her belongings behind at the motel. Now, police were able to verify that she paid for a bus ticket to Maryland. And they actually had video footage of her at the bus stop waiting for the bus. But here's the thing, Ms. Sherman never got on the bus. 
she disappeared. Her people reported her missing. And all they knew is that at the time she was traveling, she wanted to become a model. She said that that's what she was doing and they had stopped hearing from her. And while she was missing, people in the area began to notice the similarities between Delisha's case and Miss Sherman's case. Both of them had items that were left behind. Both of them was somewhere near the I-95 corridor. And both of them were young Black women. But here's the thing. Miss Sherman, she was found a few weeks later at a local shelter. She actually stayed at the area. She began using an alias. And she actually lied to detectives when they were questioning her about who she was. And this led some people to wonder, is it possible that Delisha did something similar? Did she simply walk away from her life and walk a few miles over and just start living under a new alias? I mean, it's reported that she was seen twice by three different people. Is it possible that she decided, you know what, I don't want to do this? And she left along all the things attached to her old life, took up a new name, and decided to live as someone else somewhere else. Theory two, trafficking. So with this theory, people wonder if Delisha was in some type of bizarre state, wandering around and was eventually picked up by a trafficker. She was last seen wandering around near I-95, which is a huge hub for all sorts of criminal elements. In different social media posts, there were statements implying that I-95 had a lot of disappearances and a lot of murders in that area. However, upon further investigation, it seems that I-95 in general just seems to be a hub for a lot of illicit activities in general. The type of activities that would increase the chances of things like disappearances and murders. I-95 has been the subject of frequent busts of all sorts of illegal activity for police for decades now. In an article dating back to January 14, 1989, the Orlando Sentinel referred to I-95 as the drug pipeline for the eastern U.S. In this article, they talked about how police nicknamed the I-95 space between Washington to New York as Cocaine Alley. And the space between Georgia to the Carolinas is referred to as cocaine lane. Now, you throw somewhere like Miami in there, and now we're talking human trafficking as well. Like with all interstates, there can be a lot of dangers looking around. There's a lot of truck stops that tend to bring people who are not from the area. Some people might be more transient than others. And being transient in general does not mean anything bad necessarily, but it does mean that they're not from that area and they're not going to be in that area long. So even if someone did see something, there's a chance that they're no longer in that area. And if only local news is covering it, they might never see Delisha's missing poster. They might never see her face covered on the news. And when you add truck stops, highways, transient lifestyles, drug trafficking, possible human trafficking, all into one area, it kind of leads to all sorts of dangerous combinations. One Redditor commenting on Delisha's case mentioned that the area nearby where Delisha was last seen, it was a tricky area. In fact, they said that there was an attempting kidnapping at that truck stop before. And so... Being picked up and being trafficked seems like a possibility that is not that far out of reach. However, while all these things are very real, 
I do want to mention so far, there is no evidence that points to Delisha being trafficked. There's no evidence that relates this to her disappearance whatsoever, other than her being in this area. And these things sometimes happen in this area. Theory number three, a kinetic break. So another theory that people have been looking into is possible that Delisha had a psychotic break. People think about her leaving all her belongings and then walking barefoot, somehow wandering 25, 30 miles away and wonder if this was her in a state of psychosis, if she was possibly manic at the time. On her missing person's Facebook page, commenters have made mention of her being in a state of undress and missing more than her shoes, which I have mentioned earlier. One post on the page actually claims that a witness did come through and report that when they saw her, she was not behaving normally. Not only that, but it's been over five years. Many people believe that if she walked away on her own, she probably was in the middle of some type of mental break because at some point she would have called her family. Again, she didn't have a history of not calling her family. She did not have a history of disappearing, of people not knowing where she was. And more or less importantly, she has not touched her bank accounts. She has not got on social media. And as I said earlier, when I went through her Facebook, she was definitely a very active social media user, posting multiple, multiple, multiple times a day. And then you also have people who point back to the witnesses who recorded Delisha walking along the street without her shoes. Again, these witnesses say that the reason they recorded it is because it seems so bizarre that they felt the need to take their camera out and record this person acting in a bizarre manner. And people kind of point to that to say, yeah, no, they think she may have had a psychotic break. And for all we know, she could be living in a homeless camp or a shelter under an alias, as previously mentioned about Miss Sherman in the secondary. Lastly, we have theory four, hitchhiking gone wrong. For this theory, it's going back to Delisha being on I-95. As previously discussed, this is not a safe area to be alone, to be walking alone, especially as a woman. I mean, again, this strip of the highway is known as Cocaine Alley. It's not exactly known to be an area welcoming to those who need help or refuge. Now, Delisha somehow managed to get from the campgrounds in Doswell, Virginia, to Richmond, Virginia, with no shoes, apparently. And people wonder, did she hitchhike? Now, Yes, it's very likely that she could have made this walk. And especially since that reported sighting of her in Richmond was three days later, she definitely could have walked that 25, 30 mile difference in that amount of time. However, because she was walking along the highway, people do wonder if she did attempt to hitchhike. And if she hitchhiked there, got there safely, and thought she could hitchhike back. But maybe something went wrong. And people have held on to this hitchhiking theory, not only because she was walking that long distance without shoes, but also people find it strange that no one else reported seeing her. There's a woman walking around without shoes on. She's near this busy roadway. The police did go out and do a search almost immediately the next day. They posted flyers. They did door-to-door knocks. And Yeah, we only have three sources coming by saying that they saw her. Two of those sources were together when they saw her. People think 
yeah, she walked 25 to 30 miles, other people would have saw her. Unless, again, she was able to somehow get to Richmond, Virginia through other means. And again, because we're talking about I-95, people are immediately going to hitchhiking. Now, the thing is, well, something must have went wrong if this was the case, because again, we have not seen or heard from her since. And many believe that if she was able to, whether it was mentally or physically able to call her family, they believe that by now she would have. She has a twin sister that has gone on national TV crying and begging for her to come home and for someone to give them some answers. She has family, a mother, a cousin that actually keeps her name and her story going so that others can hear and reach out to the police so that she can be found. Either way, it's been five years now and Alicia is still missing. Searches for her were caught off in a matter of days due to sightings, but nothing has really came from those sightings. We still haven't seen her again. We still haven't heard from her again. Her bank accounts are still untouched. Her social media stops on March 9, 2017, the day that she went missing. Her mental state is unknown. Her reason for leaving is an even bigger mystery. She has a family still asking for answers and searching for hope. So I ask if you have any information on the disappearance of Delisha Wadi. I ask that you please reach out and contact those investigating this case. You can contact the Caroline County Sheriff's Office at 804-633-5400. Or if you want to remain anonymous, you can call Crime Stoppers at 804-780-1000. As always, I will have this information posted up on my Instagram. I will have some pictures of her and some pictures from the surveillance that have been released to the public. As always, guys, I ask that you stay safe, you stay vigilant, and I'll have a new episode for you next Sunday. Bye. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.